Welcome to TMG Today. Join other master manifestors across the globe to turn your goals into reality at lightning speed. Here, we connect the dots for you so you can skip all the nonsense and finally get unstuck. Right here on the Manifestor's Guide today. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to TMG Today, the Manifestor's Guide podcast. I am Dewey Taylor. And I am Charlie Carroll. This is the intersection of universal law, success principles, and brain science, and we're going to have a great, great, great chat today about being triggered and what is your forbidden zone. So if you find value in what we talk about today, make sure that you share this with people. Make sure you like the episode. You subscribe. We're on YouTube, on on podcasting apps everywhere, so you cannot escape us. And also make sure to find us on social media at Manifestor's Guide. So this podcast is an extension of our Inner Circle online community. If you want to check that out and ask questions, on the podcast. You can go to manifestorsguide.com, learn more about our master manifestor system, how you can jump into this community with us and ask questions. We've got great blog articles and stuff there too. But we have a question from a community member. Uh, and who is that community member and what is their question, Charlie? Yes. So today we've got Jen S. And Jen is from Berkeley, California, and she's asking, so when I first started the system, I almost quit because I found a lot of what was being said quite offensive and lacking in compassion for others. I remembered what the welcome video said about being triggered and not running away from it. So I decided reluctantly to stick around. I'm so glad I did because I've had a complete change in perspective with more time. In one coaching, you talked about reaffirming the old programming and something just clicked. It was my first real light bulb moment, as you say. I tried explaining this experience to a friend, and I don't think I have the vocabulary to articulate it correctly. Can you help me put it into words that make more sense so I can be more clear? Thank you all for everything you do at TMG. It's changed my entire life, and I'm so grateful. Well, Jen, we're grateful for you. And this is such a great question because so many people do come into our, into the, the, to our system and they start working with us and they, they initially hear some of the concepts that we're talking about and they do think it's offensive because it kind of runs against what they've been taught, um, is the right way to think about things. Yeah, yes. but it's such an interesting journey that people get to go through. We literally just had a coaching a few weeks ago where we were explaining a great example of what we do in our system, talking about the polarity spectrum, uh, you know, it really starts laying out the three dimensional grid of polarity and how those are your actual paths laid out in your life and why polarity is so important. Polarity is not about bad or good. Um, That's actually extremely limited thinking to think that, and think about it this way, limited thought exists on a spectrum that is this versus that Republican versus Democrat, Christians versus non-believers, right versus wrong. You are an extremely limited thinker if you're existing in that space. There is not only more expansive thinking, um, or we'll call it flexible thinking, right? So that's kind of the mid-range where you start to become more flexible in your thought, where you allow more possibilities. It's, it's not bad versus good anymore. It's just a negative pull and a positive pull. That's what we call polarity. And then you start to have, you remove the separation between negative and positive. So it's just a spectrum in the middle and you have, you know, a lot of options on a linear line, but then there's expansive thinking. And that's where we literally create a three dimensional grid out of this, where you start to see how little you actually can, 
can perceive from your perspective and why moving from one position to another and taking steps forward and backward and looking at different focus points, why that's so important because your perspective completely changes as you move around on this grid. That's why polarity is so important. We have to have it to even hold molecules together. But we have been taught to look at that positive and negative charge as bad and good. And depending on your perspective, you can look at the other thing, the other pole and think that it's bad or good. That's like living in the South Pole and going, those people in the North Pole are my enemies or living in the North <laughs> Pole and saying, those people in the South Pole are my enemies. Or you could just say, we're just people who live on different poles. Absolute thinking, which is that strict limited form of thinking that you were talking about, disallows even the flexibility to let a different idea exist and that just be okay. Uh, yes. And, and when we can move into that space where a different idea is fine because we're, we're not, um, we're not, it's a detail that we don't have to plug into. And we've talked to, we've talked yes. to, we've talked about plugging into details and unplugging from details and the benefit of unplugging from details and ultimately unplugging from details releases you into that space where you naturally become a flexible and then an expansive thinker. Uh, I'm excited. So yes, I'm excited to get into the, what we term the forbidden zone. They don't go there. It's dangerous. <laughs> exactly. I love that term forbidden zone. So we're going to talk about what that is. We're also going to be talking about what being triggered is, how it can be good. So we're going to answer that for you guys and why it is important to be triggered in life. It's so yes. important to have those triggers fired, not to avoid them. We're, we're taught to avoid triggers at all costs. No, triggers are something that can help us grow if we understand what they are and put them into the proper context. So yes. we're going to be identifying the old program versus a, a expansive, more successful programming. And then we're going to dive into being triggered, what our choices are, and how we can start reaffirming, you know, our, our new beliefs and reaffirming what we what we want to see grow in our lives and to allow all possibilities. So it's going to be a fantastic episode talking about the forbidden zone. We'll jump in right after this short break. TMG is partnered with Podbean to bring you new episodes each week. Are you finally ready to step into your own power and let your voice be heard? Well, then why not start your very own podcast? Remember, what you find ordinary, others will find extraordinary. It's never been easier to produce and distribute your podcast to every major podcasting app available. Podbean also makes monetizing your podcast foolproof so you can add value to the world while you're making money. Thanks to our partnership, you can try your first month absolutely free. Visit podbean.com slash TMG today. That's podbean.com slash TMG today. Brain science has shown that by the time you're seven years old, you've installed a program in your mind that you'll run for a lifetime. And for 99% of us, we're running a program of struggle, but you can change that. At TMG, we've designed a system to install this new programming to get you exactly where you want to go. With the power of brain science and multisensory learning, you'll discover your path of least resistance as you manifest your goals into reality. And for a limited time, you can try the Manifestor's Guide to Ease system absolutely risk-free. 
this system comes with unlimited access to weekly coaching for accelerated results, as well as instant membership into the Manifestor's Inner Circle online community. If you're ready to finally get unstuck and create the ultimate life success you know you're capable of, visit manifestorsguide.com. Use coupon code TMG today for 10% off, and we'll send the Manifestor's Guide to eSystem to your email right now. That's manifestorsguide.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. So we're talking about being triggered and what the forbidden zone is. So Charlie, can you give us a little recap on programming? I think this is a great time to do that. It's so important to understand, you know, you were saying just before the break, what our beliefs are and how we've been programmed. But let's give the listeners a little bit of a recap on what programming is and actually when that happens in our lives. Well, we talk about our um, mind in the system. We talk about our minds uh, are essentially computers. And so often we, as P, as individuals, we identify strongly with our thoughts, our ideas, our beliefs, and and we sort of see ourselves as this orga- this organic creature that just kind of arrives at these conclusions, and the conclusions we've arrived to are correct, and the experiences that we have are the only kinds of experiences that we can have, and and they define our our. Uh, the ideas that we run with and the, 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 what we think is right or wrong and good or bad. And when we can pull back the microscope and understand that our brains are essentially, they start off in the world as neutral devices, neutral computers that need a program to run. And, and science shows us that the first seven years of our lives, that is exact. Our brains are receiving, they're downloading the program that we run and they're downloading that program based on uh, what we as young, as kids essentially are perceiving from our environments. And it just so happens that we don't actually have yet at that point in our lives, we don't, we haven't developed the cognitive abilities to actually be discerning. And when we look at the brainwave states of children, uh, you know, up till age seven, they're existing in this this sort of high theta, low alpha brainwave range, which is just a learning. It's a data pr- intake phase. And all this essentially means that our the program that we downloaded between ages one to seven is running most of our lives. The conclusions that we formed at that point in time are notions of what was healthy and unhealthy, what was dangerous and safe, what was good and bad in very absolute terms, one or the other, um, we, we, we formed it then. And the, the utility of it for when we're younger is that we have, again, we do come into the world as this blank slate and we do have to assimilate into our environments, into our families and, and our the different uh, sections of society that we we fit in, we have to assimilate, and this is our initial way of doing it. However, as we we grow, once we leave that young age, once progress past seven, our brain starts to uh, form the capability of enter- entering higher brainwave states, being able to move into problem solving, being able to move into that higher level thinking state, that gamma state that we talk about so often. And uh, however we tend to remain stuck in the rigidity of that program from when we were younger. And most of the time it happens at a subconscious level. And so today we're going to be talking about 
bringing awareness to the way we think and the way that, and, and what we allow ourselves to even look at. And that's what this forbidden zone is. The forbidden zone is this, this zone of, of, um, of, excuse me, <coughs> getting over a cough. It's this zone of ideas that we are just programmed not to look at because we have exclusively categorized them as wrong, unsafe, incorrect, stupid, or crazy, yada, 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 yada. Um, right. And we deprive ourselves of the ability of actually investigating them. We're um, just unplugging the, unplugging the importance from them. A lot of questions that I always hear is people are saying, so are you saying there are no unsafe people? There are no unsafe situations? Right, yeah. I shouldn't have boundaries? No. Absolutely not. What we're saying is the difference between having a trigger and setting healthy boundaries is when you are in a place of power and you're setting healthy boundaries and still allowing space for you to be wrong and space for you to explore other perspectives um, in a safe way, there is no reason to be triggered. There's no reason to be offended because you're you're in a safe spot. When you are in a space where you're continually triggered, the, the thing that keeps popping into my mind is what the paradigm that we talk about in the Manifestor's Guide to Ease book that we wrote. And it's about being proactive or reactive. When you are being reactive, it means you're responding to external circumstances, people, events. You're responding to things that are happening outside of yourself. That is being reactive. Being proactive is when you're taking information in and you're making choices and steps that are going to take you somewhere. You're, you're taking control of your own destiny. You are actively creating from a place of power. So setting boundaries is coming from a place of power, a place of authority in your own life, becoming that CEO of your life and setting healthy parameters. When you are just reacting, when you're getting triggered, that is a powerless place to be. You are just being reactive. And that's really what I want to talk about when we're talking about identifying your old program versus your success programming, your old program constricts, right? So yes. that's anything that goes, I can't, right? I, I, I have this limited thinking. That's where you're against things. I actively oppose this thing, right? Instead of yes. creating what you want to from a place of power, a success program is expansive, the complete opposite. And success programming is your I cans, you know? I do desire to see something new in my world and I can create it. There's no reason to be focused on the thing that you want to replace in the new program when you believe that you can do it, right? So this right. new program is expansive. It embraces. It doesn't fight against things. It embraces the new. So remember when you're, you're being a powerful creator and you're manifesting, whatever you place focus on the most is what you're creating. So we live in this world that teaches you to be reactive instead of proactive. And I'll leave it up to everyone what conclusions they want to draw, why they think that is, because that's an interesting conversation right there. But if you're training an entire society to be reactive to things and they continue to place focus on things that they're fighting against, you're still placing your focus on that thing. So you're creating more of it. You know, oh, I hate yes. this. I am going to protest and actively go against that. You're going to create more of that. And especially if you're, it's coming from pain and from anger, you're going to create more pain and more anger, right? So that's what's so important to understand with this is being triggered can be a good thing, though. It's not saying that you're being guilty of anything if you're being triggered. Being triggered is actually incredible because it identifies where you're potentially blocked. It's literally a flag going up right here, right here. Look at this. That's what 
where our, uh, um, we'll say like our offensiveness is our wall. And this can be with religious beliefs. It can be with anything. It's not just some social issue. Any place right. that we are getting hurt uh, or scarred or that we can't handle it, we can't move beyond that. That is our limiting old belief that we talk about all the time that needs the reprogramming. Uh, I think that's a hard thing for some people to face is those things, very things that they're being triggered by and they think are the most, the most wrong with the world are their very blocks. And it's not saying that you don't care about those things anymore, but we start to move beyond looking at the way we don't want it to be. And this is where the expansive thinking comes in and the power as you start looking at what do you want to create now and how do we do that, believing that you're fully powerful enough to do that. So it's challenging your perception. It's stepping up to that um, that wall, that limit. I mean, literally think your trigger is the wall. So you have to step up to the wall we have to let the wall come down yes. and then step into this space that we've been avoiding our whole lives, that forbidden zone, stay away from that. So, and a lot of times when we cross those lines, I don't know if people have ever seen documentaries where, you know, somebody who's, you know, extremely liberal or something goes and actually, you know, goes across America and talks to conservatives or something like that, or the conservatives go and talk to the liberals, but people actually have a lot more in common than you might think. And even though you still might have different perceptions because you're standing in different places in life, looking at different focal points, people are kind of, they kind of have a perspective shift and go, Oh, that's weird. These are just people just like me. These aren't enemies. These aren't people who I've categorized in a certain way in my brain to make them wrong. They're just people with opinions like I have. Okay. And that's what we're talking about is stepping into that zone kind of gets you into a space, that forbidden zone to where it's so much easier when you're in that space to say, well, maybe there's a way to transcend politics altogether. <laughs> you know, maybe it's not just this side versus that side. Maybe there's a lot more common ground that we have. And we just haven't as a society and a culture made whatever that is yet. We haven't made that all the stuff we have in common. That's what we're really all after. So why don't we focus more on that? And I always love, because I know we bring this up, this idea up every now and then, and politics is such a great um, topic to center this conversation around, you know, uh, and even just the suggestion, suggestion of going, are you kidding me? A world without politics, without that institution, how would we get things done? You know, and then, but if you right. think about it so long back, uh, going so far back in the timeline, the idea that uh, 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 of what we call civilization now could even be structured and organized yes. was an incredibly foreign foreign topic, and I think it's always something to point out with the the forbidden zone is that it really just represents the old program trying to defend itself and keep itself relevant to you. Um, we when you think about. Uh, because thoughts and ideas have energy, they are measurable, uh, just as yes. much as as things that you can you know sense with your with your five senses. Uh, these things have momentum already existing, and they they will fight for their survival in your life, and they do so by um, sort of overriding your sense, your desire and you're yes. feeling permission to investigate them. And so things get categorized as um, uh, uh, dangerous to talk about. They get categorized, uh, uh, and we see ourselves doing this at a, in a, on a societal level. We categorize certain things as silly to talk about or, or dangerous to talk about or um, 
uh, unsafe for us to confront or look at. And so therefore, those things never get looked at. They just hang out. They never get, they never, um, uh, get to be, uh, they never get the pressure deflated out of them because we always keep feeding them with that resistance, as you said. And there's that old saying, what you resist persists. And it's simply because you are offering, we are offering a certain, a certain kind of energy towards something. Well, it's just going to exponentiate, exponentiate, um, yes, that thing's presence to continue angering us more, frustrating us more, scaring us more. But if you think about how a weed grows in a garden or anything, uh, even a, a, a desired flower um, grows in a garden, it, the, the thing grows. Uh, the thing grows because it's being paid attention to. It's being watered. It's being nurtured. Uh, and if you stop caring for it and stop giving it attention, it dies out. And we miss the idea that that we think we have to plug in so intensively and so uh, aggressively into what we want to see be different in our lives. And we meet it with, with frustration and resistance and anger and we feed it when we can start taking that same energy and putting it into the direction of what we actually want to see done, what we want to see present instead of, and it just naturally starves it out, starves out the unwanted. And that's what you get. You start seeing that when you enter your forbidden zone um, because you're looking at things much more objectively and and flexibly and expansively. You know, I was going to say earlier, I don't know if we have any 90s babies listening, but I always think of uh, Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers. And (laughs) Rita Repulsa was the villain and she would always throw this wand from the moon to the earth and it would stick in the ground and she'd say, magic wand, make my monster grow. And that's what I always think of when we, whatever we pay attention to, especially the monstrous things in our lives, we're literally throwing that wand at it and saying, make that thing grow. And it becomes bigger and more powerful. And it's the size of Godzilla, right? We literally are (laughs) in a culture of that. And I I just wanted to read, I actually looked up while you were talking the definition of politics, because I remember looking this up years ago. And it's exactly as I remembered it. This is the, like the Merriam-Webster and Oxford dictionary definition of politics, okay? It's the activities associated with governance of a country or area, especially the debate or conflict among individuals. That's politics. It's the debate and conflict. It's focused on that. So when you when you hear people who have been trained to say it's your duty to be involved in politics, it's your duty to vote, it's your you have to be involved or you're irresponsible, you're being coerced into getting involved in something that is designed to keep our focus on conflict and debate. It's not designed to tap into solutions or expand or bring us together. It is designed to keep people apart, to keep people fighting. And this is the same thing with any institution, not just politics, not just government, any institutionalized thinking, which is, by the way, you know, talked about at the beginning of the episode, you know, we get our programming by the time we're age seven. That's what we've been programmed with, educational institutionalized thinking, right? Uh, institutionalized thinking in the form of religious programming. That's an institution as well. Uh, governments, right? There's so many institutional ways of thinking that have been just programmed into our brains where we have not been taught how to think. We've been taught what to think and exist on a spectrum of this versus that. And it pits ideas against each other. And then people just fight and they are caught in conflict. And when somebody comes 
up to that space and says, hey, there's another way of existing. Those triggers are there to show you that if you kind of go across that trigger space, there is something on the other side. And that's what we need to be exploring more of as people, as individuals, as a culture, as a society. We explore those things that exist beyond those walls. And that's where the larger solutions lie. Like we said, what if we lived in a world where politics weren't even a thing? That blows most people's minds. Well, how would you do that? It doesn't matter the how. We're so yeah, used to matter. that existing and being governed and being told what to do and having people make decisions for us that we just keep going along with it. I, I just heard somebody talking about the monarchy. And is it even necessary anymore? Is it about time for the monarchy to be, you know, drying up and be done? And <laughs> that was an idea that was triggering everybody there because no, 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 it's an institution that's been around for forever. But that's what we're talking about is is it's kind of pointless to a degree. And I know that certain people would fight me on that, but the whole, the whole idea is do people have to be governed by a specific family? No, they don't have to be. Now they can choose to be absolutely for sure, but things don't have to be the way that we've been taught that they are. And when people want to stay in authority and power over other people, all you have to do is train them to think within that very limited paradigm and then argue with each other and they'll never discover anything else. We expand beyond that by identifying our triggers, what's triggering us. You know, for instance, uh, if you're having a weight problem, I see this a lot with people who are struggling with weight and someone comes in and goes, well, actually, here's how easy it is. And they present some really easy solution that's triggering. Because they're living with a story of their pain and their sorrow and how it's so difficult and how, right? And their weight is a symptom of other things going on in their life that they're holding on to that victim story. And so they don't want to confront how simple it can actually be. And so that becomes right. very triggering to them because it doesn't fit with that story. But that's the very thing you need to confront and get past and let go of and release and say, I don't, I'm not that person. I don't live in that story in order for you to actually lose the weight and be happy in your life. It's the very thing that you must confront and move beyond. And that's why the trigger is important. Yes. It is the flag to say, look over here. If you're triggered by this emotionally, look over here, because this is what we need to be examining. And thinking that, yes. And, and the popular, it seems that on a mainstream level that uh, we, people are permitted and even encouraged not to enter into they're forbidden zones, not, to, and we t we've talked about the forbidden zone, uh, you know, in, in societal institutions like, uh, politics and religion, but it, as you just pointed out, your forbidden zone exists within yourself as well. You know, if you're, if you are, um, if you are perhaps struggling with money, but you are triggered by, uh, maybe with anger or frustration, uh, by those who have a lot more money, because maybe you, you have a belief in you that money is inherently an evil thing. And now you're triggered by this contrasting desire for money, but this belief that money is evil and you're trying not to be evil, you know, and, um, that's worth looking into because your forbidden zone contains the frustrated conflicts within you and it, and it, and it can expose what, uh, and even though, even the triggers that you feel on a higher level, uh, uh, in response to, uh, uh, other components of the external world around you, it always comes back to the beliefs that you carry that are currently slowing you down in some form or fashion. Because the funny thing is when you start getting into a flexible and expansive space, you realize, uh, it naturally leads you to, like you said, talk to others, to look at other, to look at other experiences, to have other, to, to naturally create other experiences yourself. And you realize there are so many 
other yes. experiences to have on that subject. So many positive, life-giving, expansive experiences and perspectives to have on that subject that immediately make you wonder why you bound yourself to the triggering um, thought so long. That's what it is. It is being bound. It's really a trigger is your soul crying out for you to challenge your perceptions in that particular area. That's because what the something else is. wants to come in. Something else something expansion wants, to, wants to happen. Expansion wants to happen. And the triggers feel so awful because they are, they represent our greatest points of constriction. And constriction doesn't feel good. It's designed to that way because expansion feels great because we are naturally expansive creatures. <laughs> Yes, and we're, that's what we're here to do. That's what our journey is. And so that's what we're, we gravitate toward naturally. So here's the advice that I would give to Jen and to anybody else that's talking about this. Now, this is, this is completely opposite of what society teaches. You know, we live in a society that says, you know, virtue signal all the time and publicly express your opinions, um, to demonstrate your good character and show that you're on the right side of history and show that you are correct in your moral position and you're morally superior. And it, you're, you're, we're taught to always be giving our opinions and showing how correct we are and right we are at all times. Now, even if they're completely different sides, uh, you know, a conservative Christian is going to try to be demonstrating their moral correctness and rightness on one side, while, you know, a, a, a liberal person's out, you know, protesting in the street on something completely different. So they're living on opposing poles, but they're doing the same thing and demonstrating their rightness against the other thing. So how do we change that? What do we do then for, for people like Jen when they're, she's having that conversation with a friend and trying to explain it? Well, you can explain what the trigger is, you know, and explain why the trigger exists with the forbidden zone. You know, it's an identifier of where I need to be placing my focus because something else wants to come in, but I have to move beyond my limits, right, into my forbidden zone, the places that I haven't been willing to go. But how do I do that? Well, you have to take yourself out of the picture. You have to stop making it about you. That's how we do it. We make it about us. Oh, well, that caused me to have a certain emotion or to feel a certain way, or I don't like that. And we always make it about us. We make it about what other people's perceptions are about us. When you remove yourself out of the picture, it's easy to get into what we call a flow state where you're unbothered because it's not about you. That's where we're in the true space of learning. When it has nothing to do with us, we're able to look at all perspectives. We're able to look at information from every single angle, up, down, side to side, forward, backward, 360 degrees, we're able to look at even information that might exist in a different dimension. It's just unlimited what we're able to take in, absorb, and process. And we don't have to even have an opinion or a reaction about it. I know that that is mind-blowing for some. But guess what? You don't even have to have an opinion. It's so interesting for me to get into conversations now with people about things because a lot of times I'm just repeating, oh, well, from this perspective, especially on hot button issues, I just had a, a conversation, I, but I was saying, well, these people look at it this way. And because of these variables and these factors, this is what they believe and this is what they think. And then these people are looking at it this way because they think that with these different variables that this is, and I was just able to spell it out completely. And the person I was having the conversation with kept asserting their own specific view on it and saying, but this, but this, but this. And my whole point was, I, that is still a perspective and I understand it. And I'm not even saying it's right or wrong. 
But when you're in a space where you can see how everybody can see what they see and why they see it and what they're looking at and where they're placing their, their focus, you start to look at things a little bit differently because you're not even on a side. It's not this versus that. It, you can have an opinion by still being able to step back far enough to understand the different perspectives and the different variables involved with something. And that's right. what we are not taught in our society. So this is about getting to that space of making a choice. It's consciously creating your experience from the inside out. That is being proactive. Reactive is external circumstances that we perceive are happening to us. Society is doing this. One, one thing to keep in mind as to why we are sort of programmed toward being reactive is uh, from a young age, part of that early programming is we learned or at least interpreted that we had to see ourselves in the external world. We had to find validation in the external world. The response that we get from our communities or in, in our external world at large dictates who we are. It dictates our worth and our value. Yeah. And so when you see people existing on different sides of one issue or different poles on a subject, both advocating in a very absolute fashion for their, their side of it, um, what you're seeing is people projecting the need for validation, a virtue yeah, signaling absolutely. is a big topic, right? That virtue signaling of, of displaying, uh, um, uh, my values are X, Y, and Z, and, and I'm protesting. And I'm good you know, because ABC, of it. Yeah. And I'm good because of it. it. It's, it's, it is a subconscious means of receiving validation from a group. And we tend to like validation from like-minded people. And those kinds of displays of, of virtue, they, they get that. They get a lot of validation from like-minded people. And, and, and what you're ultimately saying is uh, uh, when you remove yourself, when you remove yourself, you're actually embracing that I'm – as I am right now, regardless of what I get from the outside world, I'm great. I validate myself. I yeah. am myself worthy. And you know, it's, uh, something I'll say to Jen, cause she talked her question originates from as she was trying to communicate with her friend and I know good and well what it's like to try, you know, you kind of have these new epiphanies and you try and share them with people in your life. And sometimes some people get them, some people will not and being completely okay perfectly fine and stable in your own profound realizations, even when nobody else gets them. Uh, because yes. that's can, that happens, especially as you break free from absolute thinking and move into the flexible and the expansive thinking space. Uh, yes. You will just, you just have to embrace that a majority of people are still in absolute thinking and they won't necessarily see, under, understand the kinds of shifts that you have. And, and it's no big thing. It's no big thing. The protest can happen. The, uh, the different sides of any issue can keep going and you can the just preachers be can preach. Yeah. <laughs> the preachers can preach the, you know, people can, people can, can rail against this or rail for that. Like it's all just going to happen. It's going to, it's, it's like a theater. It's going to keep playing out and you just watch it. And you just, you, you, because you've transcended, you've gone to a bigger idea space. It just kind of exists around you, but you don't, you, you're not plugged into it. This is a, a great time to leave everybody with just, you know, when you're facing these triggers in your forbidden zone is to realize you're moving from a constant reaffirming your old program, a constant reaffirming of your blocks, your walls, your limiting beliefs 
that is what the triggers are. That's what the outrage is, is a constant reaffirming of the story. Um, but it's moving from that into a space of success. And success means you're in a space where you're allowing all possibilities. You're allowing yourself to move on that polarity grid. And when I said earlier that I don't have an opinion on you know, a hot button issue, what I'm saying is we're taught to have opinions. I'm going to stand firm in this one place, only look at one focal point, and I have an opinion from that place, and I will argue it to death. I don't have an opinion on that because opinions are, we, I heard this quote a long time ago, opinion, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. You can have an educated opinion and you can also have an opinion based on nothing. Opinions don't really mean anything. When you are living in this expansive space, what you can do is have the freedom to move on that polarity grid and also direct your your focus to different focal points. And depending on where you're standing and where you're directing your focal point, you can have a different outcome. So allowing yourself to do that, that adventure eliminates the need for you to even have uh, an opinion. Because if you have such a strong opinion about something, you can't move, you can't look at it from different perspectives. So I can have a conversation with someone and say, well, if I'm standing here and looking at that, that makes sense here. But if I'm standing here and looking at that, that also makes sense. That's the kind of expansive, flexible thinking we're talking about. And it leaves the possibility open for conclusions that you never would have reached otherwise if you hadn't allowed yourself to go on that adventure. So this is a great conversation. And we'll definitely pick up on this because this is not a one parter. <laughs> so no, uh, great conversation. Though. Is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners before we head out? Everyone, uh, if you find value in these episodes, please share them, like subscribe and share them with people in your lives. And um and, and yeah, just spread that value. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys. And next week, we're going to be talking about going for gold and visualization. So how the U.S. Olympic Committee uses visualization to increase their gold medals at the Olympics. It's really fascinating. And professional athletes have been doing this for a long time. Visualization is so powerful, but it is very much more beyond just visualizing pictures in your head. Uh, so we're going to talk about exactly what that process is and how you can use it to achieve ultimate life success as well. So we'll see you guys next week and talk about that. And bye for now. Bye, everyone.